Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors just like you about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. This is Laura Gregg, and I'm here with my co-host, David Partain. Hello, David. Hello, Laura. You know, we were recording on this mid-December day, and baby, it is cold outside, but I'm excited about today's podcast, as I think our listeners will have warm hearts once they hear today's guests. I could not agree more. You know, building a practice from scratch is hard, as so many of our listeners obviously know. Um, So often advisors feel forced to take on any and every client in the beginning just to get their business off the ground. And then later, sometimes many years later, they realize that many of the clients they have are really not a good fit for the practice that they've built or their ideal practice that they're hoping to build. So today we'll be talking with an industry veteran, Casey and Gordon, who decided to take a leap and go out on her own. She's also decided the niche that she wants to serve, and she is going after it. She'll share her successes and the struggles she still has in these early years of growing her practice, the practice of her dreams. Casey, welcome to the show. And I'm hoping that you can tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing. Thank you so much, Laura and David, for having me. It is truly a pleasure to be a guest today as I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts Um where I've, I've gained so much from listening. So my name is Casey and Gordon and I uh, launched Casey Gordon financial planning, uh, in February of this year. So in February of 2022, I have a passion for working with women of faith in their finances as a woman of faith myself. I understand how daunting it can be to share finances with a virtual stranger. But my background of working in the financial arena for more than 20 years, first working with ultra high net worth clients, um, but my ability to also take complicated topics and discuss them in a simplified and relatable way is what I believe sets me apart um, from many financial advisors that you will meet. I incorporate some of my own life situations of being a divorced mom, leaving a corporate career to pursue my dreams of empowering women in their own finances, and to help women to dream of the bigger possibilities. I've also published a faith blog for weekly for over the last six years. I'm also a published author of two faith devotionals and a co-authored one with my um, a children's book with my daughter. So again, I'm so excited to be here. Wow, that's great, Casey. Thank you so much for that, that uh, telling us about your background. I appreciate that. Where are you located? So I'm in Valley Stream, Long Island in New York. Okay. Okay. So let's let's take a step back and tell us what brought you to this industry in the first place and what you were doing prior to going out on your own. So as a lot of this conversation will be around um, the faith that I've, I have, um, it was 20-something years ago when I started looking for the next job that would have me not working on the Sabbath. So I'm a Seventh-day Adventist and I observe the Sabbath. And I was just getting into the religion 
And I was working on Saturdays after church. And I said, God, if you want me to not work on the Sabbath, you'll have to find a job for me. And I was introduced um, and I got hired as an intern at one of the big wealth management companies. This was 20, 22 years ago at this point. And I started off as an intern, left, went into public accounting, spent two years there, got my CPA license. And then a little after getting my CPA license, my former boss called me back and invited me back. And um, I weighed the pros and cons. And I thought it would just be a great opportunity to be able to work under one of the largest teams in the country. And I went back and that was in 2005. And I did not leave until 2019. All right. So I know starting a new business can be daunting, frankly, from personal experience, trying it three times. And uh, I seem to be the problem in all three. But I'm curious about what it was that moved you into action. Like, was there a tipping point that led you to just go for it? So faith, again, played a very big part. I was at my desk in 2018, around October, and I basically felt that it was time for a change. And I really thought the change meant I was going to go to a new team, um, large team as I had worked with um, for my whole career and do the same thing I was doing. But within a few months, it quickly became that that was not going to be the route that I was to take. And after a whole lot of seeking and asking wisdom, um, realized that the next step would be to join a team, a, a small team, and basically start from scratch with zero clients and almost zero revenue. But I was also confident that that was the next step I was to take, no matter what it looks like. And so I did. And I cannot tell you that I regret it. Not, not one day. Mm. Wow. You know, um, in prepping for any of our podcast episodes, one of the first thing I do is look at our guests website and their social profile. And I've got to congratulate you, Casey, on your website and your LinkedIn profile. Because for anybody that lands in either of those two places, they know very quickly exactly who you are, who you serve, and why you serve them. And if I could, I'd like to just read how you identify yourself on LinkedIn. You say, I empower professional women of faith who are going through a financial transition. I guide through various stages in your life, whether you're mid-career, divorcing, widowed, or planning for retirement. I can help. Tell us a little bit more about how you defined your niche market and, and why that niche is so important to you. So I was doing some networking and always the question is, we meet a gazillion financial advisors. What sets you apart from all of them? And I remember having one call and I believe he was a coach and he just kept on saying, what makes you different? I've been Whenever I introduced myself, I would say I'm a financial advisor, but I'm also a faith author. And as he dug into the same question, 20 different ways that got me so frustrated, I realized through finally answering that question that I serve women of faith. Um, and I realized, I found a note sometime after that I wanted to serve women who are just like me. 
whether they were transitioning because of a divorce, which I've gone through myself when my daughter was one year old, or just in a career that while they might have enjoyed doing what they were doing, it was no longer serving them in the way that they needed it to serve them. And so as I was digging into who do I want to serve and why, I realized it was the woman like me who needed that guidance, who needed that hand-holding. Um, and I realized I got a lot of that first from my friend when I was in public accounting who said, here, this is how you need to do this. Um, and he gave me the three foundational blocks. And then when I went um, and worked with the team that I did, being able to not just see it from a practical side, but I also love learning. So being able to put the my MBA in finance and accounting and taxation with the CFP license and putting it all together and bringing it back to the client and, and making it fun. Um, one of the things that I aim to do is to make finances talking about fun without judgment and, okay, this is where you are. How do we help you to get to where you want to be without the judgment? I think there's enough of that. So just to be able to enjoy the conversation, laugh through it, cry through it if we need to, um, but to get through it on the other side, knowing that these women have been empowered. So I love that. And, you know, congratulations to your coach, um, <laughs> because I think sometimes it is hard to see beyond. And, you know, I joke, you know, so many websites say I offer integrated financial planning or, you know, something like that. And and it is so important to understand what makes you unique. And um, while I, I understand that starting a new business is very difficult, I love that you're doing so in a manner that brings you joy and fulfillment. So this may make pulling assets in a bit more difficult, but I fully expect that the relationships you're able to build are probably more foundational than they would be if you were accepting just any client that needed money management help. And I'm curious, have you experimented with taking on clients that are not as spiritual as you? And if so, how have those relationships developed uh, from a client standpoint? So thank you. That's such a great question. Um, so I took a client on, I'd say, either the beginning, before I launched my firm, it was a client that by any metric, now that I realized, that I would have said would not, was not a great fit. Um, but through the course of the year, when I, I shared the way I work with clients and really being able to get deeper with her, um, we were on a call last week and we both got on for a usual quarterly check-in. And I said, how are you doing? And she shared some bit of information. And this was, this would probably be the last client that I would have expected that when I said, can we pray together, that she would have said yes. And I, we prayed together and we were both crying at the end of that. And as we wrapped up the call, um, she thanked me again for praying. And this is where I realized that even sometimes when we walk into a situation where like, well, maybe it's not the right thing, something happens and it becomes more meaningful for both of you, um, whether it's from a financial perspective or the perspective of being able to offer something that 
as I said, not every other financial advisor could have given her. Um, because typically when you're coming, you're talking about finances and that's the end of it. But um, the work that we're able to do became so much more deeper and richer. And then we talked about the progress of how much she had been able to grow in her financial knowledge so that when this other thing happened in her life, because the financial part of it was okay, she didn't have to worry about both things at the same time. So that left me quite humbled. Um, and yeah, I've got, I've got a couple more stories like that, but while I'm building the business and I know I have to be intentional about the business I'm building, sometimes it's not always the dollars and cents that it comes down to. Yeah, that's so cool. And so I'm going to just get to some of the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. tell, tell us a little bit about your fee structure and the services that you offer. Sure. Um, starting with the fee structure, I have both the assets under management structure starting at 1.25% up to 500, and then that decreases as the assets grow. I also have clients who might not have the assets to be managed yet, mm -hmm. and we have a minimum of $3,950 um, annual fee billed quarterly. Um, and then for that, we're, we're talking and we're building the foundation so that you know over time, they can transition to being um, assets under management clients um, overall. Remember, I shared I want to work with clients who may have be maybe making um, the money, but not necessarily making the best decisions to be able to guide them through that process. Well, one of the things I value most in this world really is authenticity, and that's why both Laura and I were impressed with you. And it feels like you're truly an authentic person. You also, as Laura has mentioned, are a gifted writer. And it looks like you use that as a vehicle to help your clients by really sharing your own struggles. And I think that's something as a manager, I really appreciate. And I saw in a recent post, you wrote about how, quote, slow progress is still progress. And I'm just going to share the quote as it resonated with me, as I'm in the process of building a business, realizing slow progress is progress is even more paramount for me to understand. The way my business will be built will be incremental changes over the long term. That way, it will also be more sustainable. So I think we can all get caught up in wanting to see the outcome or rewards of our work quickly. I mean, Americans are face are unbelievably impatient. Um, having five kids, I can tell you that impatience on my part as well as theirs, especially at Christmas time. And so whether that's the dollars in our investment accounts or a number on a scale, we seem to forget that every step forward is positive. This is such an important component of financial planning in general. What are some of the ways you've been able to instill patience and fortitude in your clients and yourself and you continue to grow your business? Thank you. Um, that I, I think I wrote that article um, many months ago, and it is still foundational for me as I see myself growing and as I work with clients as well. Um, you know, we know the saying, uh, Rome was not built in a day, but it's mm. easy to get caught up with seeing the end result of Rome and not remembering that it was a process over time that got us there. 
So one of the things that I like to share with my clients is that I started keeping track of my financial assets in 2009. I was getting married and I kind of wanted to see where my monies were um, to be able to make some decisions. And I kept going. I kept keeping track of it maybe once a quarter, semi-annually. And so now I have all the these years of data um, and I can look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, while each quarter didn't feel like there was such a big change, so much has happened in the last 13 or so years that I know from firsthand experience that while it does not feel like much when you're doing it on a monthly or a quarterly basis, the real impact, and this is how wealth really happens, is when it's built over time. It allows you to enjoy the process along the way. And too often, clients want to get rich quick. And when you try to get rich quick, that's that's when the biggest mistakes are likely to happen. But if you're able to do it in a methodical way that you are both enjoying life, because I'm very big on what are you doing to enjoy the fruits of your labor now instead of waiting for retirement that may or may never come, right? If you pass away prematurely, you will have saved all this money and never enjoyed it because you were waiting for some future timeline. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to do a little bit over time incrementally, you're going to be able to see huge changes over time. And for my Thanksgiving cards, that's what I mailed out to my clients with a handwritten note using my gift of writing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and just a word of encouragement to like, keep going. Um, progress is being made. Um, so yeah, I, I still have to tell myself that often, um, keep yeah. moving forward and making those, what are, what's the next, my, my colleague likes to ask, what's the next micro action that you can take to keep moving the ball forward? So Casey, this weekend, my, my daughter got her paycheck, the first paycheck she's had where a 401k withdrawal came out and she was <laughs> flabbergasted. She's like, where's the rest of it? <laughs> and I tried to have that same conversation, although I wasn't quite as eloquent as you, but it's so true. And it's, you know, so important to have that, you know little bit at a time uh, mentality and understand what it can build over the long term. And I love that you help people, you know, uh, identify how they can spend and enjoy some of their money now and save. And anyhow, I digress. But you've been at this for a while. And I'm curious uh, if you were launching your business today versus, you know, earlier this year. Um, have you found anything to say you might tweak? Uh, or would you do it absolutely the same way? Um, what learnings have you found in the first year of business? So I'm actually going to bring my comparison back to shortly after leaving um, my bigger team in corporate. Um, I took on a lot of clients that just were not the right fit. I think I went from one extreme to the other, working with the ultra high net worth to working with clients who were not yet ready for the level of financial guidance that I could really offer. Um, and I had to come bring back, bring myself back to more of a middle ground of not just the basics, but really both the fundamental and the complex things that I enjoy working on. So
so I would have charged appropriately because I don't know if you know or the studies that when you're starting, you're typically starting out at a much lower rate than you should. Um, so I would have started at a higher um, fee for ongoing guidance. And I, I would have been working with more complicated clients to start out. Yeah. I think that's, those are the changes that I would have made. So because I got a, almost a do-over opportunity when I launched this year, I, I was able to be more intentional about where I was starting from. Well, Casey, as we come to a close of our podcast, we always like to leave our listeners with some actionable takeaways, and you are in the thick of it. And I'm hoping you can provide some words of wisdom for those people thinking about going out on their own. What are one or two steps that they can take today to help them understand whether being a business owner will be the right fit for them? Well, thank you for, again, another great question. Um, so first of all, I'd, I'd have to say, Make sure your financial life is where it needs to be or that you have the runway to get you started for the first few years of business. Um, I think especially in the financial services industry, um, we underestimate how long it's going to take to get going. I definitely did. Um, so looking at how long you would be able to sustain your business without making any money or making very little money because typically it's three years before you start seeing any real income. Mm. I think that really would be one of whether being diligent about the process, understanding what your why is. And I think that's probably the next biggest thing. What is your why and staying anchored to what your why is. So on those hard days, um, you can be reminded of why did you take that leap of faith to begin with? Um, so for me, it was, having the freedom flexibility with my daughter to be able to do the things that I want to do with her, but still having a career that I enjoy. So that's my biggest why. And on the hard days, I remember why am I doing what I'm doing and it keeps me going. So those would be the two biggest ones. Um, understanding your own financial life and understanding what your ultimate why is. Uh, that's fantastic. And we really do wish you the best. You have offered us such great information and it has been a real delight. You did warm my heart to have you on the podcast today. So thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. If you are an advisor and would like to know more about Casey, you can visit CaseyGordon.com. That's K-A-Y-S-I-G-O-R-D-O-N.com. This is also available in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Flexible Advisor. We created this show for advisors to help them grow their business. If you like this podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating, and most importantly, sharing our podcast with other advisors. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. 
Foresight Fund Services, LLC distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.